Iron City, let's take our copies of the scripture and let's go to Hebrews chapter number 7. We just looked at resting in God the Father. Now we turn our attention to resting in God the Son. Have you ever found yourself in a place of overwhelming stress? I, th- I think you know these rhetorical questions, we could probably just skip them. We know the answer, right? It's an obvious yes. What about fear, anger, crippling inability, looking at a problem that you know you cannot solve? Our text for this session will remind us that in Christ we have a high priest, a great high priest who lived the life you and I never could, died the death we deserve to die, and he didn't stay in the grave. And because of this, that inability that you felt, that stress that you felt, that stress can become peace and has become peace in Jesus. That confusion can turn to wisdom. That loss can turn and has turned to great gain. Your worry can become confidence in Christ. Your sorrow can turn to joy, grief to assurance, disappointment to peaceful contentment, hurt to healing. And just as Jesus was raised from death to life, we can see our spiritual death and one day physically raised back to life in him. Death turned to life. Here in Hebrews 7, resting in God the Son. At Lineville, we like to highlight a sermon in a sentence each week that helps clarify our study so we can clearly hear God's word. And here's how this study would shake out, this sermon in a sentence. Jesus is able to save. Jesus is able to save you. As we read this text, we will see three reasons. We're going to do it a little differently than we did in the first session. We're going to take that main idea and see three reasons why in the text that this is true, that Jesus is able to save. Here in Hebrews 7, a bit up and down, but it's good for us. If you found your place there, if you're ready to study, and if you're able, would you stand as we read? Standing to display honor and reverence, for these are God's words, inspired, infallible, and totally without error, containing truth for us, So may the church gathered hear it and be prepared to live it as the Spirit gives us strength. Hebrews 7, verse 23, 24, 25. Would you hear what the Bible says? The former priests were many in number because they were prevented by death from continuing in office. But he holds his priesthood permanently because he continues forever. Consequently, he is able to save to the uttermost those who draw near to God through him since he always lives to make intercession for them, resting in God the Son. Loved ones, be seated. Father, speak to us through your word, through your spirit. Give us eyes to see you, ears to hear you, and hearts ready to receive your truth and live it in your spirit's power. In Christ's name, amen. Let's start with this main idea that Jesus is able to save and see three reasons from this A seemingly short passage, but three very important reasons why we can rest in God the Son because he is able to save. First of all, Jesus is able to save us because he defeated death. Jesus is able to save because he defeated death. Death is a harsh reality, is it not? It comes to us because our first parents, Adam and Eve, they sinned in the garden. And Romans 5 tells us that death entered the world because of their sin. And 
September, I lost a very dear friend and church member at Lyonville to aggressive liver cancer. He was diagnosed in late July, and by the first few days of September, he was with the Lord. Bruce, the day he called me to say, Pastor Ben, I have aggressive cancer. Do you know what he told me on the phone? We're both crying together on the phone. And I'm sitting in my office and he said, you know, Pastor Ben, it's okay. Jesus is alive. I've already won. A few weeks later, and I mean just a few weeks later, I was at his home on Lake Widow in the middle of the night, and he was preparing to go home to be with the Lord. And as I walked in, I sat beside him, I grabbed his hand, and later on that night I would hold the pail and hold him up on the side of the bed while he was sick and needed help. I would hold his cup and put his straw to his lips so he could have a drink of water. And then a few hours later I was standing there holding his hand as he went to be with the Lord. I asked him when I first came in, I said, Bruce, do you remember what you said on the phone? I said, do you still believe that? He took a deep breath because he was in so much pain. He said, with all of my heart, Jesus is alive. I've already won. A couple hours later, as he went home to be with the Lord, my hand was on his chest. And I felt his last breath expire from his lungs. I felt his very last heartbeat. A moment I've never been in before. Confronted with the harsh reality of death. And out of nowhere, not because of my spirituality, I believe it was from the Holy Spirit, 1 Corinthians 15 came to mind. Death, where is your victory? Death, where is your sting? The sting of death is sin. The power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. The context here, if we had time to really get into this, and we don't really, but very quickly, the context here throughout Hebrews, the writer of Hebrews was submitting to his audience the fact that Jesus is better, that Jesus is able The old system is gone because Jesus has fulfilled the law. He's the ultimate sacrifice and he has returned from death. And so we read here, the former priests were many in number because they died. Somebody else had to take their place and mediate the sins of the people. But he is better because he holds his priesthood permanently and he continues forever. Jesus is better, he is able because he defeated death. The the Greek structure here uh, could be rendered this way, he abides to the ages. How fitting today as we're thinking about abiding. That as we come to abide in the second person of the Trinity, he abides and he abides to the ages. He abides forever. Could there be a more restful thought? Could there be a more encouraging and equipping thought than God the Son, the man Jesus Christ, has defeated death Once and for all. Romans 6, we know that Christ being raised from the dead will never die again. Death no longer has dominion over him. For the death he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life he lives, he lives to God. So you and I, we we must consider ourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. And there's so much more we would want to say about this. But suffice it to say, Jesus is able to save you and to save me because He defeated death. What else do we see here? We see that Jesus is able to save because he defeated sin. The Levitical priesthood, many in number, because they were prevented by death from continuing in office. 
Every year atonement had to be made. That's not to speak of the, uh, the more often sacrifices and offerings the people would bring. But you would go to a priest. Maybe you would go to the same one uh, month after month, year after year, until they passed away. And you'd have to get a new priest. And you'd have to get to know them and learn about them. But no matter how it shook out there, your sin was never more than a year away. Sin was ever present. In spite of the sacrifices, because sin had not been defeated. Jesus kept perfectly the righteous requirements of the law. Then he offered himself as the ultimate sacrifice in our place. Your sin, Iron City, and my sin, and indeed the sin of all the world, finds its demise in the man, Jesus Christ. And that ought to help us abide in him this morning. We're able to, later on here we read in Hebrews, that we can lay aside the sin that so easily trips us up. It besets us. Why? And we can run the race that is set before us as we look to Jesus, the author, the founder, the perfecter of faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despising its shame, and he's now seated at the right hand of the throne of God. So consider him who endured such hostility by sinners against himself so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Jesus defeated sin for you. One writer pointed out here in verse 24, we could see it rendered like this, that Jesus has the priesthood and it is permanent. There's no longer a need for earthly priests to mediate our sin before God. You no longer have to come to another man and bring the offering and the blood of an animal to cover your sin just for one calendar year. Jesus has defeated your sin fully, finally, and completely. If your faith is in him, and if it's not, he offers that to you today. Consequently, I love how that is structured there. Consequently, what a rhetorical argument. Because of this, knowing that he lives forever, he's defeated death, knowing that he has defeated our sin, he is able to say, Iron City, only Jesus. Only Jesus. All of the places we look for salvation, all of the places we look for peace, all of the places we look for fulfillment, only Jesus has done this for you. Only Jesus holds the priesthood permanently. Only Jesus has defeated death. We read earlier in Hebrews, in Hebrews chapter 2, that, and I'm paraphrasing here, the, that enemy that we had feared our entire lives, we had been in captivity to, Jesus has defeated it. We can abide in him. We can rest in him. Cody mentioned that rest. That's one of those themes, that Sabbath rest, that's woven all throughout the book of Hebrews. This true and better rest is only found in Jesus. Jesus is able to save us because he defeated death and because he defeated sin. But one more truth is here in this text that helps us find rest in the Son of God. We see finally that Jesus is able to save because he lives for us. 
because he lives for us. Consequently, he is able to save to the uttermost. You probably have a footnote in your copy of the scriptures letting us know, because we don't say uttermost very much. That means completely, at all times, to the fullest measure, fullest measure. He is able to save completely those who draw near to God through him, since he always lives to make intercession for them. Now, I know you, Iron City. I've been around you. Uh, whether you know it or not, whether it's because of my family or my relationship with your pastors or the mission th- endeavors we carried out before when I served at another church nearby, I know that you are a theologically sound church. I know that your pastors teach you well. And so that what I'm about to say, you already know, but Jesus died, Jesus was buried, Jesus rose again, and he didn't die again. You, you know that, right? He's still alive. All of this is not something that happened in the far distant past. Jesus is living and he's living for you today. He's able to save us because he lives for us. Before Jesus, under the law, the high priest could only approach the Holy of Holies once a year on the Day of Atonement. But now we have a high priest who always lives. And not only is he always living, he's always living for you. John said, if anyone sins, because we will sin. He has an advocate with the Father. Who? Jesus Christ, the righteous. He is able to save because he lives for you. Hebrews 4. Since then we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens. Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace, that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in our time of need. Jesus is able to save because he's living for you today. On November 20th, 2022, Jesus is alive and his life is for you, that you might live in him, that you might abide in him. Romans 8, who is to condemn then? Jesus, Christ Jesus is the one who died, more than that who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who is indeed is interceding for us. Jesus is praying for you right now. He is advocating for you right now. He is living Iron City for you right now. Who shall then separate us? Because of this, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Should tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? No. In all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death nor life, nor angels nor rulers, nor things present nor things to come, nor powers nor height nor depth nor anything else in all creation will separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. The living Christ is able to save you and keep you saved and to keep you saved forever. Through the Lord Jesus, we have access as he's living for us and advocating for us. Listen to what Robert Milligan says about this passage. Connecting now, we we read about the, the loving, victorious, reigning father. And we see now the son, the second person of the Trinity. But see what this affords you and what it affords me. Every act by which the son, in dependence on the father, in the father's name, and with the perfect concurrence of the father takes his own with him into the Father's presence in order that whatever he himself enjoys in the communications of his Father's love may become theirs also. 
Jesus is able to save because he lives for you forever. But see what he has done here. By being the sacrifice, by being the propitiation for your sin, by returning from death, defeating sin, death, and the grave, by living and advocating for you forever, you and I are welcomed in the very presence of that reigning, victorious, loving king that we read about a moment ago. And he regards you and me just like he regards Jesus. This is why we can abide and rest in him. And you do not have to earn it. You could never deserve it. And yet he still gives himself away to you. What Jesus shares with the Father, you share with the Father because Jesus is able to save you. And we can rest there, Iron City. We can abide right there. Jesus defeated sin and death and now lives for us that we might be called the sons and daughters of God. So you see this here. Because... He is able to say, because he lives, many priests in the old way become one great high priest, the man Jesus Christ. Separation and distance from the Father before it was through priests and sacrifices in the veil of the temple or the tabernacle. And we were separated and distant from our God. Now we've been brought near through the blood of the Son. And death itself is turned to life because Jesus The second person of the Trinity is able to save you. So we return to that original thought before we pray. Jesus is able to save. Are you trusting in Jesus today? I'm compelled to ask you, Iron City, is your hope in Jesus? If not, during our break, at any point... Listen, you can come up here and interrupt any of us who are talking. We'd love to tell you what it means to be a Christian. How you can find the true abiding peace in Jesus Christ. And for those of you who know this, your response to reading this this morning is to return to the rest that is offered me and offered you. To return to the rest afforded us by God the Son. And rest in His power, in His ability to save. Lo, the incarnate God ascended, pleads the merit of his own blood. Venture on him, not on anything else. Venture wholly, let no other trust in truth. Thank you for watching or listening to one of our sermons. We would love to have the opportunity to connect with you one-on-one. We are not a perfect church, but we are a joyful church, and we want to help you increase your joy in Christ. We would love for you to come and worship with us one day soon. You'll be able to find information about our worship services, about who we are, what we believe, what we do, what we're hoping to accomplish on our website at ironcity.org. And we would invite you to go and to check out all the information there. We look forward to seeing you soon.